Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, under every ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith at work, today we're talking about something that's been laid on my heart. I'm going to call it the I Work For Him Challenge. Now, before we get to that, let's just read a verse of scripture. You know, Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says this, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You know, God has really laid something on my heart. You know, I don't do the radio because I wanted to be... You know, I wanted to be famous. I don't do this because I want to make a lot of money. I'm doing this because I really feel called to challenge workplace believers around the country, and especially in Tampa Bay, to look at their workplaces like a mission field. And in doing so, I wanted to put out the challenge out there that that we raise expectations, that we raise an army a a nation, if you would, of a thousand people in Tampa Bay that are willing to commit their lives to looking at their workplace as their mission field. You know, and that's something that's, it's powerful. It's going to take some brave people. But as I, as, as I talked to my guest yesterday and, and he was making this comment that, you know, 
most people already look at their workplace like a mission field, and, and I know that they don't. I, I know that they're not really looking at their workplace like a mission field because we weren't taught that way. We weren't encouraged to do that in our home churches. The majority of churches aren't equipping us that way. So what I wanted to do today was was just challenge you to say, okay, help me be a leader in my own church. And it doesn't matter whether you're an owner of a business or whether you're the, the a supervisor or a manager or whether you're, you're, you're an employee and you don't have anybody reporting to you. This is a challenge that goes out to everybody who calls himself a Christ follower in Tampa Bay and around the world. So uh, let me just step back from there for a minute, because it's important to understand where I came from. And, and I try to share this a little bit off uh, as often as I can so that people will understand, you know, where is it, Jim, that you, how did you get to be on the I Work For Him show? You know, I, I got to tell you, I, I was a major screw up, you know, before 2007 in the business world, I lived a different life than I did in uh I lived a different life on Monday through Friday than I did on Saturday and Sunday. It's just the bottom line for it. It's just That's just the way I would explain it. You know, I, I didn't get introduced to the idea that my workplace was my mission field until sometime in, in the middle of 2007 when somebody sent me, well, my good friend Bob Cater sent me the Oz Hillman TGIF, Today Got His First, uh, devotionals. And, and so it was then that all of a sudden I realized, wow, I, I didn't realize that my my faith applied to my workplace. So let me tell you about who I was before 2007, because this is where a lot of people are at today. And I'm not saying this because I'm bragging. I'm saying this because this is where God has taken me from. You know, Martha and I owned, uh, I, I've got a programming degree. So in the late 80s, I programmed computers. I worked for people who called themselves a Christian, and I uh, sold uh, computers. I sold programming projects. and uh, But this guy that called himself a Christian, there was nothing about the way he ran business that, that demonstrated his Christ followingness. So I, so I saw that, okay, well, it doesn't work there. And then I started selling insurance, and, and what I found in, in the insurance business was uh, working for a big company. If I didn't compromise a little bit here and compromise a little bit there – then I couldn't, uh, I wasn't going to sell anything. And so in the big company that I worked for, there was a lot of compromise that, that I was a little uncomfortable with. And I got to tell you, in that business, I, I was a supervisor. And and the, the person, one of the persons that was my support person, she asked me one day, she goes, Jim, I don't understand why you're so willing to help me outside of the office. You helped me buy a car. You've helped me with a whole bunch of things. But in the office, you're very different. Boy, that should have rung clear with me. I, that should have that should have caused me to pause a little, I guess. But I, I got to tell you, it's been so different since then. Thank God it's been different. So I like to apologize to her if she's listening today. But uh, so I, I recognized that, hey, I was in an environment that really didn't encourage me at all in my faith. And Martha and I were doing volunteer youth ministry. And so I did all these great things at night. But boy, in the, in the workplace, it was quite a challenge. But then Martha and I became independent insurance agents, and, and, and we started recognizing a little bit that, hey, we're kind of ministers. And, and the realize, I realized that because I went and saw everybody, all of my clients, I went and saw them at, uh, at their homes or in their businesses. And so I got to be very personal with those people. But, you know, it, it was the thing on my mind was it was I was making money so that I could have a big house, have the cars that I wanted to drive uh, and but my ministry was something I supported. It wasn't what I did day by day. It was what I did at, on nights and weekends. That's what the youth ministry was to us. And so I just had a, I had a wrong perspective, and it was really hard for me to understand that. 
So Martha and I started this chain of insurance agencies, and it was just Martha and I, and what we would call one of our foster daughters. Uh, she was never officially a foster daughter, but we love her dearly. Melissa is very, very close to us, and we're so grateful that she helped us with it. And then in the late 90s, we bought into a chain of insurance agencies in southwestern Minnesota. And in doing that, all of a sudden, I got a lot of employees. And all of a sudden, we had to look back at, okay, what is it? How, how do I treat these people? Because these people were all from a very different culture than me. And, uh, and I took this merger on because it was going to pay really good money. And as a, as a matter of fact, it actually provided a way for us to start getting debt free because we had just taken Crown Financial Ministries. And we understood that, hey, by doing this business transaction, it's going to help get us out of debt. But again, I didn't understand the ministry side of it. So there was a different gym at work than there was, I would say, a different gym with employees than the gym even with his customers than the gym on Sundays in the ministry role. And that was something I, I struggled with it at times. In fact, I've reached back to some of my former employees and apologized to them for my behavior. But it was, it, it was about the stuff. It was about the, the prestige. I love being called the president of my own insurance agency. I love being the uh, uh, really – Somebody that was there to be the hero when somebody had an insurance claim, I love being that person that could really help people out. And so that's the way I was before. It was a kind of a mix of a servant and a tyrant, as I call it. You know, my employees at work, they knew that if I got mad, they were going to hear it from me and that I expected perfection out of them, but I didn't necessarily expect perfection out of me, although I worked hard all the time. But I just didn't understand that I was a light for Christ in that in that business world. And, and I struggled with it. And, you know, Martha's one of those people, you guys have all heard her on the radio. She's sweet. She's caring. She's full of grace and mercy. And I'm really not a mercy guy. I have to really work at expressing mercy. So I caused my employees to really be confused. You know, they knew that I was a Christian, but yet the way I acted sometimes really wasn't meshing with yeah, it was meshing more with what they'd seen demonstrated out there in the streets instead of being encouraged that, hey, that's who I want to be. So, you know, to all my former employees in southwestern Minnesota, I'm sorry. I just didn't get it. I just didn't understand. But, you know, when Martha and I moved to Florida, and God moved us here to Florida just to take us through a time where he could remove from Jim the things that were in the way of Jim being used by God, the things that were so important to Jim that, uh, and I'm talking third person here. I know that messes with people. That's the whole, you know, it, anyway, God took me through a process of removing from me those things that, uh, were my driving motivators. You know, I, I, I was very good in the insurance business and, and I still am licensed to this day, but but it wasn't the, uh, the success there was based on Jim's success and the success uh, in the car business, the used car business, which Martha and I had a car dealership for about 15 years. That was that was Jim's success. Although we did some ministry related stuff with the car business and we sold cars at a fair price and we got people to donate cars that then we sold them and raised money for missions. So all of those things were really cool. But I, I it's it was still a. Uh, uh, kind of a gym with two personalities, almost like I had a personality disorder. <laughs> I hate to even say that out loud, but what's really awesome is this time in Florida over the last 11 and a half years, 
God has removed from me those things that were my driving passions, the insurance business, the car business, and even the, the, the IT technical side, and got me to be quiet enough where he could say, I would be willing to do for you, Lord, whatever it is you ask me to do. And that's really where I'm at today. What's interesting, and as I've shared many times before, in 2000, January 2004, my good friend Bob Cater gave me a book, a copy of the book Halftime by Bob Buford. And he asked me, he said, Jim, you, you joked about, uh, this is what he said to me, he didn't write it in the book, but he joked, I, I joke with him all the time, listen, I'm, I'm having a midlife crisis on my own time. <laughs> Little did I know, God was had a big hand in that. And so what what happened is I read this book halftime, and it was really the, and I'm going to describe it in a minute because we're going to give away a copy today, but it was really about that difference between chasing after success all your life and chasing after significance. And, and significance is what leaves you full, and chasing after success is what leaves you empty because, well, how is success measured? Is success measured in dollars? Well, how much is enough? Well, it's always just a little bit more. It's just another customer. It's just a, it, it it's never enough. And I prayed in the beginning of 2004, I said, Lord, I want, I want to give glory to you with my life, and I don't need to spend my life chasing after success. I know I don't get to take any of it with me. I really want to lead a life of significance. And then four or five years later, as God's you know working in my life, actually three or four years later, that's when I got introduced to those Oz Hillman emails. Today, God is first. And you can sign up today online, tgif. I believe it's .com, but just type in Today God is First, and it'll send you right to Oz Hillman's website. But I started getting those, and it started making me look at, at life a little bit differently. And, and, and when I was in this workplace, I was now in a construction a workplace doing uh, IT, doing insurance, uh, managing people and administrative operations. And all of a sudden, I started looking at those people going, hmm, I may be the only Jesus these people ever meet. Boy, I never even thought about that. It never even occurred to me that my witness in the office could chase somebody away from Jesus. Wow, that's awful. When you start to think about that, that's when you start to realize, hmm, I'm really, I'm on the hook for my behavior, which makes you want to be able to go back and redo the last 30 years of my, my behavior in the workplace. So, but I started recognizing that, and I started I started saying, okay, Lord, how can I pray for these people? And I started praying for my bosses, and I started praying for my employees, and it started, instead of it changing them, it started changing how I looked at them. It started changing my perspective. It enabled me to be able to forgive them and for me to really work through the issues, and it just changed how I looked at it. And I shared a little, I've shared a lot about this in past shows, but it enabled me to shift my paradigm from looking at my workplace as just a place to make money and go home and do ministry to, wow, that's my ministry. You know, and in that process, God put me in front of the book by Francis Chan called Forgotten God. And it was all about the work of the Holy Spirit and all about how, listen, if we're successful with our natural gifts, talents, and abilities, then we get credit. But that if God uses us to do something that's unexplainable by our natural gifts, talents, and abilities then God gets credit. And that's the challenge I'm challenging each one of you listeners today is to say, Lord, whatever it takes, I want you to have the glory and the honor in my workplace. I'll work hard. How can you use me in my workplace? Because that's what's so important. That's what's so powerful. And so that's what we're talking about today. I want to talk about what did that workplace look like after I started viewing it 
as my mission field. How did my job in Orlando and then subsequently my jobs over here in Pinellas County, how did they change? How did my perspective change when I started looking at my people as people that needed Jesus? You know, and I've had some fantastic people work for me. I, I got to tell you, I, I miss the people that used to work for me. I, I, I've got my heart left off in, in people's lives all over the country, and it was a privilege to work alongside of them. So when we come back after this short break, I'm going to highlight halftime again, give you a, cop, a chance to call in and win a copy. But then I want to tell you, how did my life change? What did I start approaching differently in the workplace? You know, today we're talking about the I Work For Him Challenge. We're talking about the, I'm looking for a thousand Christ followers in Tampa Bay, which is just a small percentage of those following Jesus in the, in the, in the workplace. I'm looking for a thousand Christ followers in a workplace to sign up, to say, yes, I'm willing to commit to looking at my workplace different than I've ever looked at it before, to allow my workplace paradigm to shift and to allow the Lord to change the way I think. That's what we're talking about today. But before we do, before we get back to that conversation, I really want to do our book highlight segment. Our book highlight segment is brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. It's been part of the Karis Christian Books and Gifts, been part of the Largo community for over 29 years. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo. Their 2,400-square-foot store is open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S.com. Be the first person to call into the studio line today at 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929, and I'll send you a copy of the book I highlight today, compliments of my wife Martha and her staff at Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is Halftime. Written by Bob Buford. This is a book that shifted my paradigm. Obviously, the scriptures and my relationship with my Heavenly Father shifted my paradigm, but God used this book to get my attention and to have me stop focusing on success and start looking at a life of significance. I've shared this book so many times before. This is a book that every Christ follower needs to read in order to understand that paradigm shift. So call now and get a copy of this book Halftime by Bob Buford. Call to the studio line at 855-265-2929. That's 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. We're back, and we're talking about the I Work For Him Challenge. We're talking about the, the we're looking for a 1,000 people in Tampa Bay, a 1,000 Christ followers in Tampa Bay to take the I Work For Him Challenge. And right after the bottom of the half hour, I'm going to tell you how to sign up for this challenge and the rewards that we're going to give you on top of the incredible spiritual rewards you're going to get, the rewards that you're going to give you. But let me just tell you in a, in a couple of minutes leading up to the bottom of the half hour, how did my workplace change? You know, I started praying for my bosses. And at the point in time in 2007 when the Lord introduced me to Oz Hillman's devotionals, I had four bosses and probably 
I had several people in the field that were working for me. I was an OSHA compliance officer. Uh, I was directing the administrative operations of this business. So I probably had 15 people, give or take, reporting to me or working alongside of me. And then these four bosses that I worked for. So I started praying for them. And I started praying for them and their spouses and their children. I got the names of all their children. And I could tell them all to you today, but I won't. That'd be awkward. But, but I prayed for these people. And I prayed very specifically for their salvation. And I prayed for an opportunity as I worked alongside them for a way to impact them and to introduce them to Christ. So I started praying for them, and that changed my perspective on them. I also started praying for wisdom in the workplace on exactly how I could see people in need. And so I started looking for opportunities to have conversations with people that maybe they didn't even know they wanted to have. And so that was powerful. And then uh, I really just started serving people. I looked for ways to serve people, to show people that I wasn't above anything in the workplace. You know, if the toilets need to be cleaned and nobody else was there to clean them, I cleaned the toilets. And, and so, I, I, but the biggest thing was change. I, I kept making mistakes, but I started apologizing along the way. All right, so listen, I'm dedicating my time each and every day to my Heavenly Father with prayer. All right, we're talking today about the I Work For Him Challenge. I'm looking personally, and this is what God's laid in my heart, but I'm looking personally for a thousand Christ followers in the workplace right here in Tampa Bay to commit their lives to allowing God to shift their paradigm about the way they look at the work, to change the way they think about their workplace, to look at the fact that they've been given a workplace and it's their mission field. And in that mission field, that's right. You may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. And it's so important that we recognize that. It's so important that we look at how it is God is going to use us in the workplace. And so my, my challenge to you, I shared in the first half hour, kind of how did I used to look at the workplace? How did I used to take a look at the workplace? And, and how did God change? How did God shift my paradigm? And, and that's what we're trying to talk about today. Listen, I, I want you to just... Tick back for a difference. Can one person really make a difference in a workplace? Can only one make a difference? Yes. I will challenge you that. Yes. I will challenge you that Paul the Apostle was the one that started the ministry. Actually, Peter, with with the uh, um, his vision of, hey, the people can eat anything outside of uh, what the Jews were allowed to eat. But then Paul was specifically called to the Gentiles. And really, he was called to the Roman Empire. And by being called to the Roman Empire... One man being willing to, to shift. I mean, you talk about a paradigm shift. Paul was a religious zealot, and Christ called him to be a Christ follower and to put aside all the religion and to look at having a relationship with him. And through that relationship, he made an impact on the Roman Empire. And those of us sitting here in Tampa Bay can thank Paul the Apostle because Paul reached out to Rome and, and into Spain. And so Florida being founded by the by the Spaniards and eventually then colonized by the British, you know, as as part of you know the colonization of America. Listen. We owe it. We owe our thanks to Paul the Apostle, one guy who was willing to go bold or go home, and he never went home. He said, "No, I'm gonna be. I'll be. I'm willing to be arrested. I'm willing to be killed to share my faith." And so my challenge to you is, okay, if Paul the Apostle can have impacted billions of people, can you make an impact in your workplace? Can you make a difference? Yes. And again, it's not just you. We're talking about if you're a Christ follower, you've got the power of the Holy Spirit walking alongside you. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through you 
And so don't think of it as, hey, I got to do this on my own. You're doing it along with the power of the Holy Spirit. So can you make a difference? Absolutely. You know, one of the things as I've done a lot of studying over the last two years in preparation for I Work For Him shows is I realized that the Reformation, it was started by one guy who started having a paradigm shift. He started reading the scriptures for himself and said, wow, everything I do makes a difference. How I do it makes a difference. Where I am each and every day, it doesn't matter what my job description is. I'm a minister in the name of Christ. It says in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do your work heartily as to the Lord, not for men, for it is the Lord Christ whom you serve. And, and, and that's important to recognize. And so Martin Luther and the rest of the Reformation gang said, okay, wow, we need to get the Bible into, we need to let the common folk, in that case it was the Germans, we need to let them know what they do each and every day, whether they're ditch diggers or whether they're house servants or whether they're royalty. All of us were, were equal in our calling to the priests and the monks. And, and today, it doesn't matter whether you sell used cars or whether you're a pastor, your calling is important. In fact, Pastors don't often get as much of an opportunity to minister to the people in the workplace as you will. And so, you know, if one guy can start the Reformation and if, and if one guy could actually preach the gospel and spread it throughout the Roman Empire, you know, how many Billy Grahams were there? Just one Billy Graham. Did Billy Graham make a difference? Did he make an impact? I mean, tell me, really, did he make an impact? I mean, literally, Billy Graham has spoken before almost a billion people. Probably with the airtime, probably over a billion people. So listen, take back, can you? Can your mission field, can you recognize your workplace as your mission field? Are you willing to take the thousand person challenge? Are you willing to become part of, I don't know if this is what I'll call it long term, but today this is what I'm coining it. Are you willing to become part of the I work for him nation? The I work for him nation. A thousand Christ followers in Tampa Bay who will, Commit to allowing the Lord to shift their focus on their workplace to stop looking at it as a job and start looking at it as a mission field. You know, and if you're willing, I want you to go out to the website, the I Work For Him website. I work, the number for him, iworkforhim.com, and sign up. Sign up on the subscribe page. Sign up for our newsletter. Sign up for our podcast. But subscribe and be a follower of I Work For Him on Facebook and on our webpage, and make that commitment. Share your testimony on the I Work For Him page on Facebook and say, listen, I'm willing to take that challenge. I'm looking for a thousand people who will do these things. A thousand people who will walk in that door tomorrow and say, Lord, I have no idea what it really means to be a Christ follower in the workplace, but I'm willing to let you teach me. And obviously you can learn from the I Work For Him show each and every day on your way home from work, but there's all kinds of great resources that we have referenced on this show that I would challenge you to get. And even if it's just starting each and every day with reading the Integrity Moment found on the Integrity Resource Center website or getting Oz Hillman's daily devotional, Today God is First, any way you do it, start filling your mind with the possibility that, wow, no matter what I do, my workplace makes a difference. And, and it means something. And the Lord really put me here to be a missionary. How incredible is that? So here's what I want you to, that I work for him challenge. I want you to sign up today. I want you to go onto the website and subscribe today. Go onto the subscribe page or go onto the comment page and sign up. 
but send us a note. Maybe even just send me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com. Or if you want to email with Martha, martha at iworkforhim.com. Tell us. I'm willing to take the challenge. Help me know what that is. And I'll start sending out weekly ideas on how to make an impact in your workplace. And it may require some reading. But here's what I'm looking for. A thousand people that would do these things. Start praying for your coworkers and your employees. So if, you, if you're if you not an, a supervisor, a manager, an owner, then then start praying for your coworkers. We all have them. Start praying for them. Find out their names, find out their spouse's name if they have one, find out their children's name, and just start praying, Lord, would you use me to be Jesus to these people? Start praying for your employees. If you're a supervisor, a manager, an owner of a business, start praying for your employees, your direct reports. Find out the names of their spouses if they have them. Find out the names of their children if they have them. And start praying for them by name, praying that you've got an opportunity to be Jesus to those people. And start really looking for ways to change your workplace. You know, the best way to change your workplace is not during the day, because if you report to somebody else, or even if it's your own business, you're there to make money and you're there to earn a living. So you don't want to uh, give Christ a bad name in your workplace. What you want to do is look for a way to reach out to people outside of work. Invite them over to your home. The best place to be Jesus to people is in your home. Invite them over. Don't invite them to church up front. Just invite them in your home. Be real with them. Be transparent. Be full of grace and mercy. Show these people how you really are. Let them meet your kids if you've got them at home. Let them meet your spouse. Pray with them over dinner. Thank the Lord for them. But start to reach out to people outside of your workplace. So number one, start praying for your coworkers and employees. Number two, start looking for ways to reach people outside of work. Don't have long conversations at work because that dishonors God because you're being paid to do your job. Now you got you got breaks every day and you got a lunch break. You can use those to God's advantage, but start looking for ways to reach outside of work. All right, then start looking for ways to serve these people. Listen for their needs. Maybe they've got something going on at home or maybe they've got an, a, a spouse that's sick or a grandparent that's sick or a parent that's sick or maybe they've, maybe they've got a special need where they, uh, maybe they can't afford something specific. Look for a way to, to minister to them and when you do, say, listen, I, I overheard something. I want to help you out here if I can. Maybe it's a car repair. Maybe it's groceries. Maybe they've got a kid who really wants to be involved in some extracurricular sport and you can help them get involved. But look for a way to serve those people. You know, one of the things that I always wanted to do, and I don't know if I ever did it. And Martha, you have to text me. I know you're listening, but I I always wanted to go out and wash all the cars. You know, Jesus watched all his disciples' feet. I always wanted to go into the parking lot of where I worked and wash everybody's cars. Because People got dirty cars, drives me crazy. How about go out and wash in people's cars? Look for a way to serve these people, okay? And start looking, instead of looking for ways to pray for people, start looking for ways to pray with people. What do I mean by that? You know, if you start to listen to people and you start watching people, you watch every day. Let's just say, you know, uh, Jane in your workplace. She's normally a pretty sunshiny place. Maybe maybe her name is Kelly in the workplace. She's a pretty sunshiny person. Kelly comes in every day and she's Miss Sunshine. Every day, Kelly is the brightest person in the office. And maybe someday, Kelly on the phone or in the office, you just can hear the tone of voice where she says, where you could just hear her saying, hey, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm not the same as I normally am each and every day. And maybe Kelly might not be saying that to you, but you can just hear it in her voice. You can see it in her face. She's having a tough day. And you say, hey, Kelly, what's going on? Is there something going on that I could pray for you 
about because you just don't seem the same today. Pay attention to how people are and then say, Kelly, could I pray with you? Would that be possible? Could I pray with you today? And just take five seconds to pray with them really quick, really quick. You know, your prayers don't have to be fancy, but they're meaningful because people know that. I mean, when, when people are prayed for, it impacts them. So I'm looking for a thousand people in Tampa Bay. I'm looking for a thousand people to join the I Work For Him nation. I'm looking for a thousand people to commit to allowing the Lord to shift their paradigm at work so that they can change the way they think about their workplace. I'm looking for a thousand people to be the best and brightest example of a person in your position in your workplace. Let me give you an example of what that looks like. You know, those of you listening in Tampa Bay and those of you sports fans know of a guy named Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist was, was a Rays player that just recently got traded here in Tampa Bay. But the newspaper, the, the Tampa Bay Times, is not necessarily a Christian newspaper, if I, I might say. But they wrote an article uh, about um, Ben Zobrist right before he got traded. And, and here's what they said about Ben Zobrist. This could take me a few minutes. For the Rays, Zobrist was everything you wanted a ball player. He would play anywhere, bat anywhere, do whatever he was asked. Play right field and bat second, no problem. Play second base and bat fifth, sure thing. Fill in a shortstop and hit a sixth, you bet. He could win a game by blasting a homer or laying down a bunt. He could hit a ground ball to second or move a runner to third. Make a good pitch, blah, 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 all that baseball stuff. He could do it. He's immensely talented, Silverman said. Everyone knows about his versatility. He makes his teammates better. He's a winner, and he's demonstrated that the past eight years with us. And he did it with class, grace, and respect. A couple of years ago, the Rays got in one of those dumb macho, you're not to intimidate his beanball dust-ups with the Tigers. Detroit pitcher uh, Ricky Porcello hit Zobrist intentionally with a pitch. And the first thing everyone in the baseball in baseball thought, really? You're going to hit Ben Zobrist? That's the kind of guy Zobrist is, a good teammate. A good player, a type of player you want on your team. He never does anything spectacular, but he does everything well. Well enough that the Rays, well enough that with the Rays, he was selected for two All-Star games, though he never really had a set position in the field or in the batting order. Maybe he didn't get public publicity or fanfare that Evan Longoria or or Price or even Madden did, but he, as much as anyone, Zobris deserves credit for turning the Devil Rays into the Rays from last place laughingstocks to perennial contenders. No matter where he played or where he batted, the switch hitting Zobris was a key cog in the Rays starting nine. He was so dependable, so consistent that you overlooked his contributions daily. Only when he was out with an injury, given a day off, or in a bit of a slump did you realize how valuable he was to the Rays. Off the field, he was a good teammate, a good ambassador, not only for his team, but his faith. In a time when athletes are often recognized for expressing their religious beliefs, Zobris proudly let it be known what matters to him, God and family. Baseball is just something he does. He did it very well for the Rays, but it wasn't what defined him. Not only did it, it wasn't what defined him, not only did he talk the talk, but he walked the walk, living the faith he he publicly shared. So if Zobris is always did all these wonderful wonderful things for the Tampa Bay Rays baseball. Is, can you be that person in your workplace? Can you let Ben Zobris be your example in the workplace? Can you be known so well at not doing spectacular at anything but doing everything you do well? Are you willing to take the I Work For Him Thousand Nation Challenge? Listen, I'm putting out a challenge. I'm looking for a thousand Christ followers in Tampa Bay that are willing to put their faith first 
and recognize their workplace as their mission field. And they're willing to tell people about it. They're willing to tell the I Work For Him Nation. They're willing to be part of what we're doing on the I Work For Him show. You notice this show isn't called the Jim Brangenberg Show. It's just not about me. This is about making an impact for Jesus Christ wherever we go. And so I'm looking for a thousand people. I'm looking for somebody to take the first step, and I'm looking for a thousand people that are willing to look at, and, and out of four and a half million people in Tampa Bay, that's a small piece of the Christ followers here in Tampa Bay. But I'm looking for a thousand people willing to take the challenge and start praying for their coworkers and employees. Just start looking for ways to reach out to those coworkers and employees outside of work. That are a thousand people to start looking for ways to serve their coworkers and employees. A thousand people that will start looking for ways to not pray for people which is awesome, but to start looking for ways to pray with people. I'm looking for a thousand people that are willing to be the best and brightest examples of a person in your position in your workplace. A thousand people that will live a consistent witness at home, in your neighborhood, and your office. I'm looking for a thousand people that will recognize that you're a Christ follower, Christ follower no matter where you are, whether you're at home, whether you're in your workplace, whether you're in your neighborhood, whether you're in your car, and in Tampa Bay, that's a tough place to be a Christ follower each and every day. Oh, my word. Let me just say that. So I'm looking for a 1,000 people to go onto the I Work For Him website and to say, I'm willing to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm willing to allow the Lord to shift my paradigm. I'm looking for a 1,000 people that will go on to the, to the, to the uh, subscribe page or the contact us page, either one. If you want to subscribe to our newsletter, go on to the subscribe page. If you want to just send me an email saying, Jim, I want to be one of those 1,000 people that's willing to allow the Lord to shift my paradigm, that's what I'm looking for. Man, I feel like I'm a TV evangelist today. But what I'm looking for is I'm not looking for notoriety. What I'm looking for is for Jesus to get notoriety. I'm looking for our workplaces to start looking more like ministry places. That's what's important. I'm looking for people to allow Romans 12 too, to make an impact on their lives, to allow Christ to change the way they think. So go out there. Go out to the I Work For Him page when you get home tonight. If you're still in your workplace and you're at the end of your day and you're already on your own time, go out to iWorkForHim.com iworkforhim.com and sign up today. Go on to the subscribe page and sign up for our newsletter. Let me know you're one of those thousand. And here's what we're looking for. I'm looking for a thousand people over the next three months to make this commitment. And of those the, of those first 90 people that sign up, I'm going to give you a free copy of Halftime by Bob Buford. So you can look at what does it look like, that difference between um, between success and significance. In fact, I'm still looking to give away some books today. I've already given away one. I'm willing to give away another one. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929, and, and get a copy of Halftime. But I'm looking for the 1,000 people, a 1,000 people to go on to I Work For Him tonight and sign up to be at one of the, the I Work For Him nation that's willing to allow your paradigm to shift, to change the way you think about your workplace. I'm looking for a thousand people that are willing to step up for Jesus Christ and start looking at their workplace the way Jesus does each and every day. And of those first thousand people, we're going to stick everybody into a bucket and we're going to have a drawing of those thousand that sign up in the next 90 days. And we're going to give away a hundred dollar gift card to Karis Christian Books and Gifts and an opportunity for you and your boss or you and your coworkers to come on to the I Work For Him show and share how you're going to allow the Lord to use you in your workplace. I'm looking for a thousand people to go onto the I Work For Him site and take that challenge. I want to be part of the I Work For Him nation. 
That's what I'm looking for. It's time. We've been on the air for two years. We've been spreading this word for two years, almost two years, 22 months. So it's time that we start putting that challenge out. I hear from people each and every day, Jim, I'm listening to you. Well, listen to this and podcast. This will be podcasted and archived. And last month, we had 3,900 people listen to archived I Work For Him shows. So I know there are thousands of people listening to the show. I want those thousand, I want a thousand of them to make that commitment to allow their faith in Christ, his lordship in their lives to impact everything they do including going to work. I'm looking for a thousand people to look at their workplace like their mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only person they ever, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees ever meet. All right. Tomorrow night on the op, on the I work for him show, we've got a very special guest coming on. We've got Mark Whitaker, who was star, who's that a movie made about him. But Mark Whitaker is a guy who, Basically, I'm not going to give away his whole story, but Matt Damon played him in a movie. Mark Whitaker will be on my show tomorrow night sharing how he completely lived opposite of the Lord and then went to prison. And in prison, somebody led him to Jesus, and that's the story he's going to share tomorrow night. Listen, we've been talking about being a Christ follower all day long. We're, and, and I'm looking, if you want to know, what does it mean to be a Christ follower? Just email me, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iwork4him.com. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.